Hello and welcome to Spoilerama. I'm Marina Gorski. And I'm Mick Jordan. <laughs> Do I introduce Oh. And we're joined today by <laughs> Steve Benedict, Rapplicants number three. Yes. <laughs> um, and today we will be um, talking about Blade Runner. Yay! Both of them. Both of them, yes. All six? The different versions? All oh, yes. <laughs> all, all the six different versions. There's seven in that box set. Yeah. Because there's another outtakes yeah. DVD, which isn't Counter's version, it's just outtakes. But That's if you right. watch it in one go, it's the film again. <laughs> so it's, it's, you have to be really wow. obsessive. Yeah. Wow, you don't sound too enthusiastic. <laughs> no. She has, she has to box it at the moment. She's terrified of going to say, you should watch it. Go watch it. Yeah, I'm very scared. I'm just because my dad wants to watch it. So I'm just going to give him the box and say, Figure it out. <laughs> Pick careful when you want. Yeah. Pick and choose. So, what do you guys think? Of the new one? Of Yes. Let's start with the new one then, yeah. Uh, uh, I really liked it. I mean, it was basically what I hoped and expected. Really enjoyed it. But I did see one comment which I thought was very good. It was by AB Film Review, the Australian podcast often listening. And they said, it's a great film now. Will it be a great film in 20 years time? Yeah. And that's what I was thinking a lot of afterwards, like Blade Runner over the years. It's not Blade Runner. You're just because Blade Runner means so much. The original one. Yeah. This new one. But it's because it's new. It's still absorbing it. And I think you mentioned it yourself in your podcast on it, that it's a film you need to see over and over again. The original one definitely won't see this. Yeah. But if you don't like the movie, you're not going to go and see it over and over again. So you've got to just give it a long. (laughs) We'll allow it. So you've got to give it a long stretch of time. To watch yeah, it again, to watch because it again. if you don't, I, Marina, I'm not sensing that you really are a fan of the. Oh no, the, I am. I loved no, it. I, I actually did. I I, I really <coughs> liked the 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 original Blade mm. Runner, and I adored this one. Really? I, okay. In a cinematography point of view, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was thinking it was that it's so stunning to look at. Unbelievable! I think one of the best visually in a while now. Yeah, yeah. That is just so strikingly <coughs> beautiful. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was hypnotized by it from the start like never mind the story mm. and the sound but i just thought it was so stunning and then the sound as well and i did love the way they kept it kind of like the first one but not That's like right. the first one yeah they drifted in music. Alice's music yeah, yeah. You can just hear one or two notes and it's a little bit like yeah. memory which i think is a really yeah kind of nostalgic <clears throat> yeah feeling isn't it yeah but that that was the one thing that disappointed me a little of it that there wasn't first of all why wasn't van gellis doing the score i was actually thinking this like why wasn't ridley scott directing why isn't van gellis doing yeah the i score? did think that as well but yeah I why think, isn't ridley scott well i think ridley scott's too old okay. to be honest yeah. for it it's just well, he's still knocking out a movie every a year oh, yeah but the wrong ones yeah, like we look at the marsh. And, kind of like what and Kelvin and, is. But he's, he's making... <laughs> they're getting old and they're making, doing some films. He's making it. Alien and he's just dumped yeah. that. I mean, nobody cares where the xenomorph comes from, this origin story. Mm. And I think Blade Runner is a much more textured story. But, it, but that's, I think it's, just, it's too much an undertaking for him. I suspect. Like the Alien franchise. And I was really surprised he didn't do it because... Yeah. He did say Blade Runner was his favourite film of yeah. all the films he's made. So you would think, and he's devoted so much to the restoration and so on. Yeah. But it might be just too much for him to take on. Whereas right. the Alien franchise, it yeah, feeds the, itself. The pressure it's, as well on him yeah. for a sequel of Blade sure. Runner. Sure, I don't know that's if true as well. Like from, if it didn't yeah. live up to it, it would be a major yeah. thing for him. So do you think in 20 years people will still be watching it the way we're watching Blade Runner? I hope so. I kind of think they will. Okay. Because yeah. there's a lot of powerful messages in this one. 
I like it's it's very you know throughout all the years of humanity we're always having an existential crisis crisis you know <laughs> and I don't think that's ever going to stop sure. and the film is very much that isn't it right. yeah, yeah, yeah. so I think <clears throat> I think it might you know maybe in years to come it might Change. other questions yeah yeah you know, i think the so. thing about the, the first one was that you know when it first arrived in 82 people just took it as a straightforward sci-fi yeah and they didn't think it was that interesting as a sci-fi but then over the years we sort of noticed the environment <laughs> yeah. and big issue and then technology and biotechnology and biomechanics those themes all of a sudden you said how did we miss them before that they were there yeah. and they didn't become that noticeable i think the thing though there's one reason or two reasons why i'm doubting whether this movie will survive is because um, they failed to address ethnic diversity and they had a huge opportunity given the different makeup and the travel that will certainly be undertaken in environmental uh, migration in the next 20-30 years people will have no choice but to move out of certain regions of the world mm -hmm. so you're talking about massive ethnic diversity and massive ethnic um, inter uh, sorry massive ethnic intermixing and with the exception of one or two characters the only people I saw were white Caucasians now yeah. I'm that's not a good point compared to the other first one as well yeah and I'm not saying that's I'm not saying that as a criticism but I'm talking about in 20-30 years time the world will have changed so much Blade Runner won't have been able to chart that change or predict that change or foresee that change the way the first movie did you know, there was there was a lot of Asian people in Los Angeles in the first film. Yeah, yeah. that's that's one of the things. Right. And uh, yeah. you got Russian voices and Russian faces and uh, Russian ads in this one. But mm. it, especially when they went to the orphanage, I think they would have done very well to populate it with African kids and Latino kids and Asian kids. Well, especially with the message they had there. That's my point. Yeah. Like mm, it yeah. was a lot like, you know, those big factories in mm -hmm. China. Mm -hmm. Sweat factories. Yeah. yeah. L all those kind of slave labor things yeah. that they could have used That's that it. to to show like to criticize that in a way um, they didn't really. Well, um, it, I would say yeah. certainly yeah, because that was something that was almost chilling about the first one mm -hmm. was the whole Asian takeover right. of everything. Like yeah. it was, it was. I don't mean that in a racist way. That was it's just, a phobic way, but it was just it was the, just the arrival. suddenly everything was in another culture. Mm -hmm. The all original culture, and it was there was a takeover culture, not a yeah, culture yeah. emerged. It was a new culture. This yeah, was yeah. a dominant culture, there, yeah. which is very much what was mm -hmm. happening over the years since. Yeah, and yeah, I see that that it is a case of. As, as soon as you said it, it's yes, everyone I can remember from that film was white. When mm -hmm. I think of Blade Runner, yeah. I do think of all these different races coming you do, across you're, in there. But it's not necessarily that all the actors, and because the, 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 the main cast in Blade Runner was predominantly white, but it was the backgrounds. Yeah. It was the people, the faces in the background that you saw were different. Even the pictures on the ends of neon lights, the displays. Yeah. They were that, all like that. That's well, right. And the ads yeah. and so on. Yeah. And I think there's a second reason, and I think this is much more uh, to the fore, uh, given the week that we're discovering what Harvey Weinstein has been up to for the last 25 years. I've, uh, firstly, I thought the movie was really, really, really interesting. And I think it potentially can get only more interesting as different themes emerge. And you notice that this re relates to that. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, but the one reason why I, another reason why I don't think it's going to last is because of the misogyny in the film. Yes. The mistreatment mm. of women was completely dispiriting. Needlessly so. C can I mention a few elements? Well, go on. Yes, yeah. But is this yeah. called, is this called yeah. spoilerama? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah I don't. Really, I don't yeah. really. No, no. But we won't. Well, yeah. But no, there's a ahead. there's a moment where earlier on er, early on when uh, Jared Leto's character sees one of his quote children, one of his creations, 
and then he does something to her. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was completely unnecessary because yes. all he had to do was do a computer scan. All he had to do was go and then just press her ear and she's shut down. But did he really need to do that? And then I think there's a phenomenally moving moment towards the end of the film where one of the characters returns and it moved me to tears that she's back and she returns and she's just as beautiful as the very, very first girlfriend you met when she was 14. All those <laughs> memories come back. And all they had to do was turn her off. But they didn't they have don't. to do that. Yeah, that was... Mm -hmm. and, then, and then the you saw these just the proliferation of advertising for women as sex objects. It would have been really, really smart had they put men on the posters, those hologramic posters as well. As well, yeah. As well. Mm. Because I, I did think of that, that everything, um, even at the, on the streets, mm. the girl that um, follows him, mm. and even at the end when they have this little rebellion group, mm. um, they are on the streets as prostitutes. That's right. Yeah. And the huge, the one one of the scenes that everyone is talking about where they emphasize, you know, um, Ryan Gosling's character's loss mm. when the huge woman Holocaust. comes down. Yeah, she's naked. She's naked. And, mm. you know, but, she, it's just, but I mean, that is the selling point <clears throat> that is there on that I idea know. she's yeah. meant to be a sex toy. But, as it's well. all, yeah. but it's all revolving around his pleasure. Yeah. And, you know, and I do get that, that it's they should have done a better you job see, on that. But the second time I saw it, I saw it again last night and I was rethinking that scene reimagining how they could have changed it and then I was saying to myself maybe I'm trying to find an excuse to to get the film out of my complaint given the way that everything will becomes advertising becoming so personalised okay and it's targeted not at a group it's targeted at the individual mm -hmm. is that that's the only ad he sees because he's programmed for that ad okay and if it were a woman but I would have loved it if they had one of the a female character like um, uh, Robin Wright's character had we seen her out in the street and they've seen an ad targeted specifically at her, then we would have understood that this naked hologram is for him and him alone. And yeah. then we would have seen somebody else. But I just thought it would, in 20 years' time, audience, the audience makeup would be very, very different. Our sense of identity, our sense of sexual identity would be completely different. And that's what I think the film has failed to anticipate. Do you see what yeah. I'm saying? But yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, but it's not even anticipating the present because, I mean, that sort right. of thing is yeah, in the yeah. present as well. Yeah. And I would say that I remember when seen Blade Runner in class and um, Matthew Shudders was mm. in class one time and there was a number of people in the class who hadn't seen it mm. and the scene where Harrison Ford and we can spoil Blade Runner yeah, all we want yeah. uh, where Harrison Ford grabs Sean Young as she's yeah. leaving yeah. the apartment and throws her against yeah. the wall everyone in the class gasped Jesus yeah, as yeah. total misogyny and this I mean it, soul. It never thought anything of it at the time no, in 1982 and it's it's real like it's assault yeah. he is about now of course it's then stops and she yeah. falls into his arms and so whatever but that was normal yeah and I think that yeah. wasn't even seen yeah. as a, and I texted you about the voiceover bit mm. it's hilarious because it's so obscene in mm. some parts of it. like I always just thought it was ridiculous but there's one part where you know the way they're always referred to as skin jobs mm. yeah and Deckard is saying that he used to, he called them skin jobs the way old cops used to call black people mm. the n-word and he's go as soon as he's like Jesus and yeah. so again, I would say for granted, but just to hear it, yeah, like this, yeah. and that's how that yeah. time they didn't anticipate that, if you say in right. 1982. Yeah. So, but they, but that was the way things were in 1982. Whereas mm. the current one, what you're talking about, is valid today as well. Mm. Like those sexist attitudes mm. are wrong now. We are, re yeah. are recognizably wrong. Yeah, and it, that's the thing because otherwise, I think it's a really, really rich story, mm. um, it full of new ideas. 
um, automation. Yeah. You know, and Jared Leto gives this great line, every great empire has been built on slavery. Yeah. And you say, that's true. And there is a new slave class emerging and it's us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm. If you think about Facebook and Google and all those people who own oh, those yeah, companies. Definitely, we, yeah. you know, I read, a, I read a review for a book uh, recently um, talking about, you know, some empires were built on oil and some empires were built on sea, the, the, marin, the marina empires. And the new empire has been built on data. And we are the minerals of that mm. data. We are like oil and we are giving up our information yeah. about ourselves. And so I you think we're feeding into it. That's yeah. right. And all those sort of things that happen in, in Blade Runner, they're really, really good for, for conversation after the film because, you know, you're not too sure what, what they meant. And that's part of what I like about the film, the ambiguity. Yeah. You know, um, so but that's that's my only concern, how it's going to play in the future. Right now, my concern is the, the misrepresentation of women. Yeah. If they balanced it, I don't think I would have a problem with it, you know, but they're but having said it again, sorry, I'll stop talking in a second. Oh, no, no. Um, the, having seen the movie the second time, there's, there's a, a sex scene between Ryan Gosling and... Yeah, that scene annoyed the me prostitute. a little bit. Yeah. Right. But having watched it last night, maybe I'm misinterpreting, but it seemed to me it was instigated by his hologram, Joy, because she has a desire to experience a human experience. So she, inside a human body... Now that you say to yourself, oh, well, that's a male fantasy, two girls and all that sort of stuff. But really, it's instigated by this hologram. And what it's saying, what it's possibly suggesting is that there is a ghost in the shell, is that within technology, there will be a spirit that will come forth, that will be have have its own agency, that will have its own desires. Because we don't know that. I mean, 30 years from 30 years from now, they may be able to create something that is completely sentient mm -hmm. and has, has has an ego and has a self-realization and then all of a sudden that scene will take on a completely different meaning yeah but i was looking at it last night that going she instigates it because she and so she desires the replicant i thought that was yeah interesting. i just didn't, uh, i didn't really like that scene no. i just thought because i think like i i I don't really like the character the hologram because it just seems and i know the product was built for that but again it's just emphasizing the whole women hmm, misogynistic thing. yeah it's the her everything kind of revolves around him mm, yeah and she yeah. does everything for, for him, him and absolutely you know and yeah i guess if they had shown say robin right there with you know and it would have been better but another thing that is that kind of um subject is that the hologram had more soul than that woman love that worked for that's right for, for Jared Leto. Was she meant yeah. to be a replicant herself? She Love. was. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that. You know, and yeah, because Ryan Gosling even says to her, "Oh, you have a name. You must be very special." Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah. I thought that was very interesting. That you know. Yeah, I think so. I think you're you're right there. I mean, the, the, the ironic thing is that Joy has more of a soul, and it's interesting you should say that because I found her to be the most engaging character in the entire. Oh, very movie. much. Yeah. So. I mean, she, but she's meant to be. She, she is, is meant the to most be. sympathetic one. Yeah, but also the way she was she was brilliantly cast because, yeah. and it's you know, I mean, she's a very very attractive woman, but it's the way she smiles and not only her beauty, but you felt a real spirit in there because Ryan Gosling's character doesn't smile at all no and yeah. he's programmed not to because he's a killer and so that's the irony is that the one character in the film we engage with we understand most or that i connect with most is not even a replicant she's she's a hologram yeah because she's more human than anyone else in the yeah. film. and that's what yeah. they say more human than human is our motto here at tyrell yeah. 
you know. But I would say, like, it is certainly at the start when she appeared first, I was saying, yeah, but she's just, she was like the toys that J.F. Sebastian created That's in the first right. one. This Good is what I thought evening, she was. Sebastian. Yeah, and they just, and they emphasize that one by having him do them do it again. So they're That's actually, right. they're just programmed clearly to respond. Yeah. And that's the way I interpreted her initially, hmm. particularly like she's dressed in 1950s housewife. That's what, yeah. But, it, but that was so overdone that that was why it was like that's that. That's the irony. It was, but it was then gradually you could see there was personality emerging. emerging. Mm. And you're all the time thinking, yes, but is that just a program? Is that how she's programmed to be? Or is it a real person? And then the whole thing of her sacrificing mm. her connection mm. to the house mm -hmm. so he can run was just said, but is that, is it all in his head almost? This is another part of it as well. Is this something he's imagining right. or whatever? So that's what I loved about it, like all these yeah. thoughts. Well, also that reminded me, that, that thing reminded me of the very, very first film is when um, Tyrell, when when Deckard appears at the Tyrell Corporation the first time and he interviews Rachel at the Voight contest. And I mean, it's, it's a remarkable scene because when she arrives in the first movie, she says, do you like our owl? And he, mm -hmm. she, he turns yeah. and she has this beautiful walk from the distance yes. through the dark into the light. And they, that's the moment that they repeat in the film. And I just thought it was beautifully done. But when he's then interviewing, he the interview ends with, with Rachel and he goes to talk to turn to Tyrell. And Tyrell said, we notice that they develop their own human emotions after a while. And I think that's what's happened with Joy mm -hmm. is that she has she's uploaded somehow to another yeah. to another sense of consciousness and so she wants to experience desire and sacrifice these human phenomenon mm -hmm. and so she's saying release me from the apartment to go out because she's the most emotionally committed yeah yeah you know mm. this is what I'm saying Absolutely. the movie is very problematic in some areas but really really interesting in others yeah, yeah. yeah. well it's it's full of issues to debate yeah, yeah right from the start like that guy who the worm breeder yeah. he kills him it's going why does he have to die anyway like because this is what I had taught from the first one right. if the replicants just wanted to live on their own away why not let them yeah. and that's what's in this he's been doing that for 20 years or so yeah. but he's, they're still hunting down replicants it's because so. Wallace wants them all exterminated yeah. oh yeah it's his, it's but his empire but, this, but I have to say I was looking from a moral oh sure I know the logic ultimately yeah. but it was just because it felt like the film was portraying well this is meant to be the hunted villain yeah. So, and I mean, it was the same thing in the first one. All the people, particularly when Joanna Cassidy gets killed, you're yeah. just saying, um, yes, because it's done so melodramatic and tragic. Yeah. That you just say, yes, but she's a villain. So there is, it's meant to happen. It's unfortunate, but it's meant to happen. But mm. this time around, you say, no, he's not, he's actually a good guy. Mm. That And Ryan Reynolds is supposed to be the hero. Yeah. Ryan so, Ryan, what did I say? Ryan, sorry. They are not the same. <laughs> it's not Brian Gosling either. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I Harrison Ford used worse. to call him Brian on set. <laughs> but it looks like, I mean, seeing the, the press, uh, the, the, the publicity for the film, it seems that Ryan, Harrison Ford has enjoyed himself for the first time in a long time in a movie because on the press mm -hmm. release, he's actually having fun. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. And he's actually, but he's very, um, he's very dry, isn't he? Yeah. Like, but I think he's always been like that. That's probably why he works in Blade Runner because he's always <laughs> so... You know, right. just it's always like everything's just so straightforward with him. It either yeah. is or it isn't, and it's just um, yeah. I think he has. But did you see that interview with uh, Ryan Gosling? And it, it, gosh, the video went viral. This is on Good Morning Britain. Good Morning Britain. Yes, yes. Yeah. she's a great interviewer. She's really it, yeah. <laughs> but I just thought that was the best one because it didn't it didn't really go into detail about mm. the film and the whole story of them punching each other, which was everywhere. Yeah, like yeah. I just they never mentioned was, it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And I think yeah. he enjoyed that too because I'd say yeah. he's just so like yeah, well, I mean, fed I, up with the whole... Yeah. I remember Julia Roberts famously said that uh, they don't pay me $20 million to act in a movie. They pay me $20 million to promote it. 
because yeah. I got to put up with the same dumb questions. Yeah. So, Julia, yeah. what attracted you to the script? What was it like kissing so and so so and so? Yeah. And they're trying to intrude my private life. That's what I'm paid for to put up with that crap. And yeah. so, you know, Harrison Ford, you know, <laughs> get, got enthusiastic about promoting the movie that he really likes because he, he as we know, he didn't like the movie, the, the first one. He didn't mm. like acting in it. Oh, yeah. He didn't like the yeah. experience he, at he all. Didn't yeah. Like the experience, you know, Ridley was. Exp- was and narrating it. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you can hear it. You, know, <laughs> oh, you know, he, yeah. like, he, did, he deliberately faked this. Yeah. 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 And, you know, he knew that Ridley was ex- focusing much more attention on the look of the film. Mm. And then, you know, over years, he's realized, well, actually, there's not a hell of a lot in that movie. That's that's a movie that's going to last the way some of the other, a lot of the other films haven't, that mm. won't last. And so he's invested quite a bit in this. One thing, you were talking about the look of the film. Mm-hmm. And it is stunning to look at. But what I loved about it was it's completely different from the first one. Because the first one, if you go to Deckard's apartment, it's cluttered with tons of stuff. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philip K. Dick used to call it kipple. There's a specific word for accumulating junk. And Decker's apartment is full of junk. Yeah. Which and is contrast to the world outside, isn't it? Because yeah. it looks so old yeah. and mm-hmm. normal and human inside. Like it, it looked really like a Granny's apartment or a man, you know, that hasn't. <laughs> yeah. You know, those kind of like basement yeah, looking yeah. places. Yeah. And outside it's all. You know, mm. technological mm. and cl- like not clean, but like neat and, yeah, like, yeah. and everything. You know, was perfect. But it's crowded, but yeah. yeah. And it's <laughs> when you have them contrast, which yeah. is that, um, which you don't really well. You see it then in the the scenes of the hotel then in this one. Sure. Yeah. And the nineteen fifty thing is back in in that as well, yeah, yeah, which yeah. they kept. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was funny. I mean, yeah. Elvis has never looked so good. Yeah. <laughs> that, I was fit. unsettled about that. I was saying, oh, does it? Because a lot of that was. Again, it was the whole thing. It's all artificial. Mm-hmm. It's holograms. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying, this is like the holodeck in Star Trek. It's been done. This right. idea of just bringing these two. And I said, it's, but then I thought the idea of the two of them fighting while Elvis well, was saying yeah. in the background that was, was really good. But not only that, but the fact that it kept coming. You know, those scratch discs get really annoying. <laughs> so it kept coming in and out. And you're like, no, yeah, leave it on, yeah. leave it on. And yeah. it just, you know, it, but I thought that was brilliant. There's a glitch. Yeah. There's a glitch. Also, the arrival in, in Vegas. And this is the final thing I'll say about the misogyny. What were those dolls doing there? Those massive oversized statues with their mouths open. Oh, yeah. Just mm. completely needless. And I said to myself, maybe it's a reference to Clockwork Orange. But wouldn't it have been much better? Because when I saw the trailer, I saw the trailer once at Christmas when it went up online. And you see um, Ryan Gosling, Kay, or Joe, at, I think he's Joe at that stage. He's walking towards this orange mist. And you know that he's out in the desert. And I said, oh, that's fantastic. They've changed the color code for Blade Runner. And he walks past this decapitated head of yeah. a statue. And I said, oh, my God, now we're into classicism because it immediately reminded me of Shelley's poem, Ozymandias. Mm. I met a traveler from an antique land and he comes across this withered statue and in the desert. Right. And it's a it's a it's a monument to decay and an ancient civilization. And I thought that's really, really interesting. OK, now we're, we're, we're grappling with huge things here. And they, in the movie, they just turned out to be massive, oversized dolls. And I yeah, thought, statues of women. Um, in these very supplicant positions. Yeah. Anyway, but what I loved about the movie was when they arrived in the hotel, immediately I thought, this is The Shining. Without being told. Yes. <laughs> Without being told. Yes, but there, there's so they said there are so many references to yeah. other movies in yeah. it. Um, and one of them was The Shining. I, 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 they did say, where did I read it? That they, um, apparently it was intentional. 
right. yeah. I think, I think to, okay. to do a reference to the show. I don't know why. I can't remember why. Well, is that because no. of what happened with the first one? There's one yeah. reason with the, with the, fo- the lost footage. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes. But yeah, also, with, I think there's the... another reason for it is because, you know, The Shining is, is about ghosts and the past haunting the present. And that's what happens in this hotel. And your man's yeah. stuck inside that the he's hotel. Stuck in, he's um, hiding there. Yeah. And he's trapped. I really need to see it again. <laughs> well, here's the, here's the thing is that, you know, how many sci-fi movies do we talk about long and hard and discuss about the ambiguity and the theory and the idea? Is that what they meant? No, it's meant something else. Look, Star Trek is good fun. Star Wars are good fun. But would you really come out dis- discussing and yeah. debating yeah. The, the, the textures of them? And another thing is that the pace of it. Brilliant. Yeah. Really brave. Consider how long really, it is. Really well, I brave. thought that was yeah. very good because the first one was kind of like that. It's all very... So because they're robots, nothing is mm. like talking like we're talking mm. right now. Mm. It's all, you know... Literally. Yeah, it's, and I thought that was brilliant. I mean... John didn't like it, but I did. Well, and it was two hours really and, and 43 minutes. Yeah, so it's a long time, but, but it didn't feel it. No, but I just thought it was brilliant because if it, if they went any quicker than that, I think it would have ruined the whole... Oh, yeah. Like if, I don't know, I just, I just thought well, that was... He said something well really interesting done. there, which made me think about the reason why the dialogue... It, it, so the, it's not the reason why the movie is slow, the first one, because the movie was not plot heavy. Right? They were yeah. going for ideas and texture and atmosphere. But when the when the when the replicants talk, they don't talk quickly. They talk yeah. slowly because mm-hmm. they've got to figure out what they want to say, because they're not oh, yeah. as they are. We're told physically they're they're better than humans, but they're not sharp. They're yeah. intelligent. Can they can they think very, very quickly and speak very, very quickly? No, they don't. They all take their time and they do so in this universe, in, the, in, this, in this one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it is. It's like I said, it's sparse in dialogue. Yeah. It is all something to look at. and But I, that's what I was afraid of when I saw it going in. It's nearly three hours long. And mm. I said, and they're going to be self-indulgent on this. Because mm. that's the thing, like Blade Runner itself is only two hours long. Mm. And this was funny when the director's cut first came out. Mm. Everyone was shocked that it was shorter. Shorter. <laughs> the first director's cut in history. <laughs> I remember seeing it in the film festival yeah. and we're all there. And then as soon as the music came on, you hear a gasp from the audience. That's it's it. over. Yeah. There's not more. Like yeah. it's it's during the lift and that's it. Yeah. yeah. And I think even watching that, because mm. I watched it again recently, that is so brilliant an ending. Yeah. The way it's done. It's so tension. And that's when it actually does get fast. Yeah, yeah. It's suddenly like he just picks up the unicorn and the camera rushes with, with him into the door and it slams shut. It's really fast paced because it's been slow beforehand. Yeah. It's yeah. just suddenly the urgency is in there, which is completely destroyed by the happy ending that follows ah, yeah, in the yeah, other cut. But that's that's the say is that that's the momentum in the original film. In yeah. this one, as I said, I thought two and a half it's just gonna be very self indulgent. Mm. But it wasn't. It's just I suddenly realized, Jesus, it's coming to the end. Mm. It was actually very not fast, but you didn't feel the time. Yeah, though. because there was, I think there was probably more of a story there that you wanted them to finish. And I was kind yeah. of waiting for a few answers from the first one, which they didn't give. Right. Like the scene. They did. They still didn't say if Harrison Ford is a replicant or not, because there is that scene in the first one where he is standing behind Rachel. Right, sure. the eyes. And, and his the eyes, eyes go yellow. I think that's the biggest giveaway. And I'm like, why it's can't they kind of explain I kind of wanted to know in a way if they would give kind of another yeah you know? I would say on the basis of the fact that he's even in the second one he's not meant to be because the whole idea of the replicants from yeah. the person who's definitely short lifespan I know but they're constantly upgrading okay yeah, especially because yeah. Roman had a baby then yeah. Yeah. that's kind of a shock to them as well 
But you see, I, look, the funny thing is, you know, Ridley Scott has gone on record famously saying he is a replicant. And Denis Villeneuve has gone saying, no, I don't think he is. I mean, they were literally yeah. sitting side by side being interviewed by Mark Kermode. And Ridley Scott goes, oh, he's definitely a replicant. And Villeneuve has just written, directed the new movie. <laughs> says, I don't think he is. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't to work the guy on that who basis. created all yeah, that. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, but that was it in the original interviews that um, Ridley Scott has always said he's a replicant whereas Harrison Ford has said absolutely he's not well, that's and the, so yeah. has um, Rucker Hauer Rucker Hauer has well, insisted that he but I think the, 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 I think the, the very great reveal was at the very very end is that he picks up the unicorn Yeah. only Gaff can know what he was dreaming if, if the memory a, if the dream was implanted in his head and the only way it can be planted in his head is if, if he's a replicant yeah. and I think maybe he's part of the Nexus 7 or whatever generation that ages very slowly remember now do you remember Sebastian suffers from Methuselah syndrome yeah as he ages accelerated decrepitude as Pris says and um, so maybe Harrison Ford's Deckard is just aging naturally that yeah. He, yeah you know could be yeah. so we'll have to wait for the third one <laughs> in 35 years time <laughs> no. well no. I would say on that like we continue to debate of whether Deckard mm. is replicant or not yet that is very much the whole ending scene finds the unicorn he's had a dream about unicorn which mm. is only in the director's cut mm-hmm. to be honest not in the original one because they cut it yeah. out for that very reason they mm. didn't want the pessimistic idea that he was mm. one but also he looks at it and smiles he smiles, so he, looks, he smiles and recognises it and crumples it up and then gets into things so that's just and that's, the, and that's also the reason why he goes on the run because he's now going to be hunted as well yeah. but I also think the entire idea is that if he has the dream in the first movie who does he meet in the second the dream maker Yeah. And we won't reveal yeah. who she is but it's just it, yeah. it's a beautifully and another thing that I found is it, the population there's a population drop in the second movie yeah, oh yeah. but that, I think that's that's the, the point it's the it? blackout that, that mm. happens and maybe that if we really start to examine it is that there are many, many more replicants on planet Earth and the humans are in the minority because we've withered out or we've all left. And yeah, the well, there is that. I think there is a, there is something about everyone has left to go off world. Yeah, yeah because so. there, there's loads of um, there's ads for it as well. Mm. <laughs> BBC <laughs> <laughs> telling, um, you know, saying to them, it's better. Yeah, off world, yeah blah, yeah. blah, blah. Come over to you want a better life and whatever, yeah. whatever. So, I, yeah, it might be that they just left yeah, and, and that could they're being be. replaced or something, you know, yeah. the way, I don't know. And the only people who are left are the dregs, effectively, well, people who can't afford. And that's why their sole entertainment is all this porn. Mm. Which is actually they. very interesting. It, it is yeah. a commentary. Yeah. But again, you know, uh, it would have just been interesting had Robin Wright's character had her own hologram. Yeah. Even just on the desk. That's all it needed. And she just sort of turns it off as someone else comes in because she was looking at porn. <laughs> you do know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, because we did, when, when, when Love comes into her office, she she turns off the computer, she wipes out the screens from beneath the desk. I would have, they could have easily put it in. And by the fact that they didn't, it's a conscious decision. But I will say this, the movie is not doing well financially. Really? No. Oh, no, it's bombed. It's, it's done very badly. Yeah. They were, no. they were hoping for, they were anticipating tracking a $45 million opening weekend in America. They come in on 31 and the other the feedback from the box office is that 71% of the audience was male. What does that tell you? It tells me that in this day and age, you cannot afford to make a movie and ignoring 50% of your population. Mm. You know, it's back not in the, targeting women at all. Back yeah. in the 1970s, you know, men had such big earning power and they could afford to take time off work to watch the movies. Right. So mm. the movie only could only, only had to be about a, a white guy. 
and now you've got such diversity within the market and you can't make a mo- you can't invest in a hundred and fifty dollar movie and expect only guys to come or women to come and not particularly like what they see on screen. Yeah. Mm. Because when we're looking at it, I mean Marine, you were you were saying you may have been saying to yourself, Where am I in this film? Well, yeah, kind of because you do, you don't really relate to it anyway. Like mm. it's not it's sound really bad. It's not I don't think it was meant for women mm-hmm. in a way, mm-hmm. especially yeah. the way they represented it, yeah. you know. And even um, I, d- I don't know. I, d- I yeah, because I didn't really like the I liked the the hologram character, but mm. then again, because you can relate to her, but then again, everyone could relate to her. But there wasn't more character that women could relate to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, Robin Wright was a bit of a bitch. Um, she's, also, she's also like very much a support. Yeah, supporting it's not character. She's the, the love, love character yeah. was basically a machine. Yeah, you know that did what your other man commanded yeah that's right yeah. so like there's not no there's not a and the other the uh, the memory girl was trapped she's a butterfly in a cage yeah so the there was no free yeah soul woman yeah. Well, represent, the you know like yeah, it's not see, a film for women they all exist to, because of the men yeah, yeah. it's not mm-hmm. a film that women would relate to yeah realistically. No, and the thing is i think if that's a comment that's fine yeah um but I don't think that's the world we'd be living in 20 years because, you know, there's been, yeah, if you think if just yeah. in the last week, Harvey Weinstein, in the last year, you've got Roger Ailes and you've got Bill O'Reilly and George Hook and you've got Donald Trump is hopefully next. There's <laughs> a tide just going to come and sweep all that crap away, yeah. you know? Mm. And so I think what's going to come in its place, a greater generalization, sorry, a greater plurality. And there is a homogeneity in Blade Runner. And so really, I think ultimately they missed a great opportunity just yeah. greater ethnic diversity in the film. It and is it's actually true because it is, it is when you think of it it's like that, it is only appealing to a very narrow audience. Yeah. You know, it, you know, if let's just reimagine it. Robin Wright, great actress, House of Cards, fantastic. Put Angela Bassett in there instead and you wouldn't have missed a blink. You would say, of course, that's Angela Bassett. She's been in other sci-fi, sci-fi pictures. She can easily play a cop. She's a woman, woman of authority. She's a woman of colour. Great, we buy the whole thing. And immediately you're just into something else. You're looking at a different skin tone on screen and you're bringing in a different sensibility. And it, it just a missed opportunity. And the pitch, it, it's a pity because they had absolute genius within their grasp. Sorry, now you're revealing, now I'm revealing how much I'm frustrated <laughs> yeah, by the yeah. film. It, they were millimetres away from a stone cold classic. Yeah. All they had to do was just tweak those tiny little moments. So... I'm glad you said all this after I've seen the film because I'm just saying it. He's completely right. Like I'll just well, say, I'm going to watch yeah, the yeah, yeah, going, you're realizing now. Bassett, and now I actually want to watch it again. Oh, I definitely want to watch it again. There's more things I've missed in it that yeah. probably mm. proves that even well, more. I feel like watching it again to prove you wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to just go and say, <laughs> yeah. no, they're, they're all off world. Yeah. That's what happened. It's the white people are the minority left well, behind. That, that, could be, that could be true and that could be yeah. funny then. But, you know, until until that happens and I'd be delighted to be wrong. Right. Um, but for the movie to have resonance 20, 30 years from now. You know, yeah. I, you know because let's let's pretend in a cliche way that had they been had they really, really screwed up as opposed to just missed a point. They easily could have put now that go with me on this one. An old Chinese man blind as Wallace. And then you'll see grasshopper. Do you see what I'm saying? Sorry, yeah. for, sorry for what I just said, but that was just to reveal to the listeners my point is they would have cut and gone something really, really crass. And since uh-huh. they avoided that, they avoided that stupid decision there in casting an Asian old man who's now the destroyer of humanity. Why couldn't they just sort of walk a little bit further across the room 
and say bring in other ethnicities yeah you know mm-hmm. i mean they had edward uh, the, 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 the character of gaff edward james james almost mm-hmm. in the first movie and he had these contacts and contact lenses very green ones so i just thought why did they, it's effortless all they had to do is put the casting out a little bit wider especially yeah. as you said in that orphanage scene yeah i think yeah that was one of the main scenes i think they could have used to it would have been a great criticism it would have been a great you know um yeah i just yeah it would just would have been much better and yeah i think they could have they could have done yeah that's it i don't know even <laughs> it could have been I so much better i can't even expand yeah. on it yeah because it is it, like you you then you're talking about all the other problems as well with immigration mm. with you know they could have actually done that as well given mm. that they're off worlds all this mm. and you know so they could have put more people on the streets criticizing the whole fact that people it's harder to emigrate it's harder to do all you know mm. so more ethnic, ethnically diverse people like latin americans mm. that are now you know coming across that wall <laughs> yeah that shouldn't like, be built yeah. but it has mm. been built but the funny thing sorry the funny thing is that the wall has been built to keep the sea out because of rising sea levels yeah mm. you know I mean? just, which is a bit, <laughs> a bit ridiculous but anyway yeah, which yeah. is which is another thing as well you can see that it's all I think this probably could have been a subtle thing, you know, that we can't control everything mm. as a point as well in the film because everything is man-made, but mm. you still have the snow, you still have the rain, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. still have the rising sea level, which yeah. they're trying to control. Yeah. But at the end, yeah, it kills a few characters, mm. and, you know, like, it, it's not helped. Yeah, and you, you did also see there was one or two times when he was out in the, in, in the um, shall we say, the, 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 the grub farm, where they were, they were farming the, those insects, which is will be our diet in 30 years' time. We will be eating insects because oh, I won't be here. <laughs> because you know, you it's, it's simply, <laughs> it, it simply costs too much for the environment to, to feed to, to feed and raise cows, yeah, and the methane off the cow and all sorts of. But do you think that's it. going to happen? Yeah, 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 yeah. So right. my, my, no, because my, some people are. You know, you have very ignorant people who still. I've met quite a few of them. I, I think it'll take a long time for everyone. To change, to on. yeah, mm-hmm. probably too. You, know, you kind of have to start when they're, yeah, yeah, well, you know, that's what, yeah, but start with young. You know, but the for thing is, to the thing let is, go of their habits. What, what if you look at them, um, you know, shellfish and the little, um, sorry, shrimps and uh, all the seafood that's on the bottom of the seafloor, they're basically vacuum cleaners that feed off the grub and the dirt mm-hmm. of the ocean. So we're eating insects of the ocean already. So what's the problem? Okay, so anyway, just back to when he's out of the farm, he looks up at the sky momentarily and he actually sees the sun. Did you notice that through the clouds? So they've been trying to change and they seem to be clearing out and cleaning out the environment Mm. a little bit. But see, that's the sort of thing. That's the thing to see the next time you watch it. No, but I mean, it's like I didn't notice that. But now you mentioned, yes, of course, because once you've seen to the end of the film, you know, the world they're in and you suddenly realize that's significant. Yeah. So that. Well, he finds a little flower as well. Yeah. I did notice that. Yeah. yeah, That's very significant. Which, you know, and it was dead. But I just thought that was interesting as well. You know. Anyway, there you go. (laughs) Should I wrap it up? (laughs) (laughs) Every time. I'm pointing at the computer. If you'd like to, if you feel it's we've come to an end. No, we can just keep talking. You know, you'll have to edit. You'll have to edit more. Is that just forty minutes? Yeah. 
Oh, really? Is it usually 40 minutes you do an hour? What do you do? We do 20. We do 20. <laughs> well, 20 to 20. But we on, do 25 on special to occasions, we do. We do a double, yeah, double, when we have guests, walk. we do double, walk. double yeah. And I try no, to this keep will be down going. to 15 minutes. I just try it. to keep it going for more than an hour, so you'll have loads to edit. Yeah, it's just work. <laughs> She's just creating work. It's just viciousness. This is why when I do the podcast and we leave, Matthew says, oh, you're very quick this week. And then the following week, Marina's hosting. We're here for an and hour and a half. And then we're here for hours, yeah. <laughs> Knocking on the door. Are you finished in there? Anyway, okay. We have to do what we always do. I will give it... Oh, scores, yeah. A 10. Film of the no, year. No, not a 10. No, it's not film of the year because I still... I still think Dunkirk was perfection in every way. Mm. So... That was a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And La La Land, but we won't go into that. Um, yeah, so it's not... It'll be a top five, so I'll give it an eight and a half. Okay, I'm going to give it... Four and a half stars. Actually, no, I'm going to give it five stars because it'll be in my top five as well. So I'm saying is five stars for the best of the year. You're giving it four and a star, four and a half. I'll give it five of, stars out, out of five. Out of five, but you're giving it eight and a half out of ten. Yeah. yeah. This is very confusing. Can I give it a Nexus nine now? Yes, you can. <laughs> See, I rate them properly. <laughs> properly? Decimal no, you score. started this you look any, I started If you this. look at any proper Thank film reviews, it's in stars. Listening. I've been Marina Gorski. <laughs> I've been Mick Jordan. Joined by our amazing guests. Thank you very much. This is the voice and the hologram of Stephen Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> Time to turn him off now. <laughs> Click. <laughs>